Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. Thank you for tuning in and joining us as we continue in our Beauty of Grace series. Today we look at Lesson 49, The Conduct of Grace. The Conduct of Grace. Today we'll discuss the conduct of grace, meaning the lifestyle and quality of character that the codification and the confines of grace produce in us when we cooperate and submit to the Lord's authority and to the authority of the Word. It's important for us to understand that salvation, being saved, being born again, is just the beginning. A brand new life has now begun and is now ahead once we are saved. What kind of new life is this? What does God want and why should we care and how can we please Him? The new life we can now have and enjoy is a life of freedom from the slavery of sin, freedom from the power of sin, freedom from the penalty of sin, a life of peace with God, a life that glorifies Him, shines Him and His goodness and love to the world, boasts in the power and ability that He has to set us free, whets their appetite to know Him more or to know Him also. That kind of lifestyle that makes other people hunger for what we have, hunger to know the one we know, a life where we grow to become more like Jesus every day, growing in Him, becoming more like Him, developing His character, learning from Him, and then living in accordance with that. God who saved, redeemed, and rescued us desires that we be like Him. The word Christians, when we were first called Christians, the Bible tells us in Antioch, means to be, in essence, little Christs. Now, that does not mean we're going to be God. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. But it means to be like Him in His character, to be like Him, to shine our light to the lost world and where to reflect Him to the world. So let's understand that we are called to a special kind of lifestyle, one that is sanctified or set apart for Him and His purposes, for His purposes are good and fulfilling for us. I first want us to start out reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this 
does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Paul's writing to the Thessalonian church here, and he clarifies the lifestyle that Christians should be living and walking on a daily basis, not just on Sunday, so to speak, or Shabbat if you're Jewish, but the kind of lifestyle that Christians should be living and walking every single day. And in this passage, let me just make comments about what Paul is saying here. He urges and exhorts. In other words, it's a very serious matter. He stresses holiness. Now, in the past, there's a, there's a denomination that is referred to as holiness. Those of us that believe in Pentecostal, the day of Pentecost and the gifts of the Spirit and other things, this includes a variety of churches. It could be the Church of God, the Assembly of God, many other types of churches. But in the olden days, when those churches were forming, they would seek to honor God through holiness in their external life, in terms of in the way they dressed, in the way they would or would not wear jewelry or things that were attractive or that would draw people's attention to them. They, they were trying to be holy and I'm sure had intent from their heart that was pure motives. But God is talking about holiness from within, not external. We saw this in the codification of God's holy law, because now in the new covenant, it's written in our hearts. In other words, it changes us from within. And when it's alive in us, in within, inside of us from within, the external will be fine because it comes from a motivation from in the heart. So as God's word is in, in our hearts and we are understanding it and he is revealing more and more to us because his word is written in our hearts, it will affect the way we dress, the things we do or don't do, the places we go or don't go. The external will come about, but it will be organic because the word of the living God is written in our hearts. And that word will stress and empower us toward and impel us toward holiness. And Paul says this is a very serious thing. And so he begins to talk about how to live the right way. Now that we're born again, there's a brand new life that's been created. There's a brand new creation. So God wants us to live in a manner that pleases him increasingly abounding more and more. In other words, in greater and greater degrees. We're growing in it. It's abounding in us. We're exercising. It's becoming second nature or habit to us. A daily lifestyle is what Paul is talking about here. And he tells us this is the way we ought to walk. We ought to live. In other words, it's binding or it's necessary. This is the way the method, the manner, the character, the lifestyle that will please God. He also clarifies God's will here. Many people are seeking to know what's the will of God for my life, and they're sincere. They may be talking about, does he want me to go to college, not go to college? Should I go to this college, that college? Should I marry this person? Should I buy this house? 
Should I take this job? There's all kinds of various questions that people do seek God's will on. But overall, Paul is saying here for every Christian, God's will is for you to have sanctification, for you to be sanctified. What does that mean? It means to be set apart for him. It means you're living differently. It means you're living differently. You're living to honor God's name. You're living to please the Lord. You're living to boast in Him and praise and hallel Him, lifting Him high, magnifying Him and His works and His name. You're living now to show and reveal Him. You're living now to show and reveal Him in His true nature, in His true character. For example, I just want to mention two different Examples of things that brought reproach to the name of Jesus Christ and that are atrocities by Christians and false teachings or false beliefs by many Christians. One was so many atrocities committed by so-called Christians toward the Jewish people many, many centuries ago, even until and through the last century's Holocaust. These do not represent the God who loves the Jewish people and who wants to save them. Jesus came to Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again. The Jews need salvation. The Jews need to understand Messiah has come. And he loves them and he wants to save them. And instead of being able to communicate the love of God to them and the truth about Messiah, the Messiah that their prophets talked about that came on the scene and it's recorded for us in the New Testament about him, instead of being able to show and reveal him in his true nature and character, those who've committed these evils against them, did them in the name of our Jesus Christ, and they had nothing whatsoever to do with the Jesus that we serve, the Jesus that we love, the Jesus that we believe in. Another example that's current today and widespread today is kind of what we call a hyper-grace movement. It's sort of a loose and godless living. In other words, just say this sinner's prayer, come to this altar, meet with this person, and you're in the in club, and now don't you don't have to repent. You don't. Have, we won't talk about sin. We won't talk about repentance. You don't have to change your life. Just go back and keep drinking, keep you know partying with your friends, keep having adultery, keep doing all those things. They're promoting a loose and godless living, but rather the Word of God says no. No, you come to Jesus. He sets you free from those things that were leading you to hell and were bringing death and destruction into your life. Rather, we learn from the word to live for him, to bring him honor, to please him, bring him glory, to draw people to him and to point people to him, just as John the Baptist did in John 1.29. And we show people by our life that, no, God set me free from that. I don't want those things anymore. They're destructive. Those things are going to tear up my health. They're going to ruin my family. 
They're going to ruin my career. I don't want nothing to do with those things. And God has set me free from them. That's what we should be shining to the world. That's what we should be showing them is how to live and how it is lived out in us and in our lives and our testimony. In this passage, Paul is specifically speaking of sexual purity versus sexual immoralities here. And the Christian should be sexually pure, living by biblical standards, not out in loose and godless living and immoral living. He says specifically that the Christian should know how to possess his own body, his own vessel. What Paul is saying here is we need to be able to control ourselves and be disciplined, submitting to the authority of the scripture as we talked about in the codification of grace and in the confines of grace. We should know how to possess our own vessel in a fixed position of sanctification that lifestyle that is set apart and living for him, not for ourselves and not for the world, and that we should be able to possess our vessel in honor. In other words, that's esteeming him with the highest honor, recognizing the value of God's holy name and his great character and living in accordance with that giving the highest esteem to him to bring honor, glory, and praise to the Lord. For Paul makes it very clear here, we are not called to uncleanness, to impurity, to lewdness, loose living. We're not called to that. We're not called to impurity. Impurities of the flesh, impurity of motive, impurity of, of our spirit, none of that is what God has called us to. He's not called us to uncleanness. He's not called us to impurity. Rather, he has called us in a fixed position of holiness, which means purity. Purity, physical in our bodies, spiritual in our inner person, in our inner man, even our motives and our daily lives to be pure before him. Notice the authority of scripture here, the confines that we discussed earlier. This is the will and the word of God. Notice it applies to every Christian of all times. It's never changed. It's not obsolete. It's never been removed. It's not adjusted. It doesn't change with the changing times. God still wants his people to be holy today. He still wants his people to live for him today. He still wants his people to honor him today. And he's worthy of it. And Paul makes very clear here that if we reject this teaching, we reject God himself. It's his calling. It's his will for us. But Paul concludes here, praise be to God, helping us understand and not forget the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. He helps us. He empowers us. He enables us. 
We can do this. God's asking us. God is expecting us to live this way, meaning that we can do it because we don't do it alone. I want us to look at this as we begin to draw to a close here, because I want you to understand being called in holiness is in accordance with God's divine and continual invitation to us. As a matter of fact, that word called in holiness, one of the meanings is invitation to be summoned or to be invited. I want you to understand that God has a divine and continual invitation for us. And I'm going to read this and then expound on it for a moment as we draw to a close. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, it says this, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. I want you to understand this from this word that when we are called in holiness, it is an invitation. Peter is writing here, concurring with what Paul taught to the Thessalonian church. And Peter says here, be holy in all of your manner of conversation or your conduct, in all of your daily life, in your entire lifestyle, in your behavior. But I want you to understand the heart behind this. It is an invitation. And Peter is connecting the fact that we are to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. Now, what I want you to see here is this is a call and an invitation to enjoy sweet fellowship and relationship with God. He is holy. He is a consuming fire. So you must be holy to even enjoy his presence and his relationship. He is royalty and majesty, and yet he is inviting us, calling us, inviting us, the likes of us, imperfect, poor people, and yet he invites us into sweet fellowship and relationship with him. So he extends to us the invitation, meaning we can do it. We can fellowship with him, but we cannot do it alone. We cannot do it in an unholy state because that consuming fire will burn it up, burn us up. We need to be holy. We need to be cleansed. We need to be able to do it through a power and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit far above what we can do. And so remember, Paul included the Holy Spirit. God has given us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to live a sanctified life. He wants us to live a daily lifestyle that pleases him. But he knows that we cannot do it alone. So he's given us the ability to do it 
through the agent of his grace, the Holy Spirit of the living God. And I want to get into that in the very next episode. But I pray that this has been a blessing to you. May we exhibit and live the abundant life, free from sin, submitted to God, bringing him great glory in our daily lives. Let's adopt the conduct of grace that will bring him glory, that will live a life of freedom, and that will enable us to enjoy sweet fellowship and relationship with him. I pray this has been a blessing to you today, and Lord willing, you can join us again for more messages in our Beauty of Grace series. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.